Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. start that counter so I can stay on track. Um, You know, last week we talked about being thankful, giving thanks. Did anybody practice giving thanks at all last week? Give thanks in all things, at all times. Last week I talked a little bit about how we're going to be a thankful church that gives thanks. We're going to walk around saying, thank you, Jesus. And I told you how that last Sunday morning that I ran to go to get coffee because my coffee was so terrible from Starbucks that I went to go to Tim Hortons to get a coffee instead. And I just left the parking lot and found that as I was leaving the parking lot, I was just under my breath, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Listen, you can't be too thankful. You can't be too thankful in life. So I'm going to encourage you again this morning, be thankful in all things, in every circumstance. Pray without ceasing, be thankful. Practice being thankful. As you leave this place today, you just walk around and tell people thanks. You know, Canadians are known for being pe- people that say we're sorry. You know, it's like the, that's like the Canadian joke, right? Oh, sorry. But how do how Canadians, sorry, sorry, isn't that what they say we say it like? Sorry. How would you say it? Yeah, I say sorry, sorry. But they say we say it, sorry, so sorry. Let's be known for people that say thanks. 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 Thanks for, thanks for being here. Thanks for that smile on your face. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for being alive. Thanks for being happy. Thanks for helping out. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for doing that. Let's be, let's be people that are quick to be thankful. Amen? Amen. Open your Bibles with me. And we are going to start off in the book of Psalm this morning. And actually, we're going to read. We're going we're gonna to spend time today in Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Yeah, it's a good psalm. It's a good psalm. <laughs> I love it when people are excited about the Word of God. Pastor Adrienne was praying this morning during prayer, and she was praying and and talking about how whenever we read the Word of God, whenever we open the Word of God, it is transformative. It's life-changing. There is power in the Word of God. And so it doesn't, you know, if you crack that Bible open and you tune into what God is saying, there is transformation that takes place. There is restoration. There are walls that break down. Unless you are just reading the Bible with the hardest heart in the world, and you're saying, I'm reading this, but I don't want to accept anything it's saying, you can't help but be changed when you read the Word of God. So we're going to look in Psalm 91. Um, and, uh, you know, I, here, I'm going to tell you what happened this week. Um, you ever have a dream that you just wake up from and it, it like, bothers you? Uh, I, had a, I woke up early this week and had a dream that, like, bothered me. Um, in, in my dream, in my dream, someone very close to me was stabbing somebody else that was very close to me. I think I'm going to cry. <laughs> it really bothered me. Hang on. Okay. It really bothered me. And so I got up and began to read Psalm 91. And I was thinking about Psalm 91. I don't know what's happening. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking about Psalm 91 all week. And um, I was praying it for these two people in my life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't need no tissue. I'm okay. 
If it gets that bad, I'll just wipe it on my sleeve. <laughs> I was praying for these people in my life. And I began to think about how, you know, this is, this passage of scripture, this, this passage of scripture is a picture of the kind of relationship that the Lord wants with his people. And I began to think about how many believers don't have this kind of relationship with him. And we're going to work our way through this psalm. And I thought about when I was younger, um, when, when I was probably 12 years old, we moved. We used to live out in the country. And when I was about 12 years old, we moved down in the suburbs of Chilliwack, lived on Blue Jay Avenue right off of Evans Road. And we lived there in this place. And um, we, had, we always had dogs growing up. We had labs. And uh, so we moved to this, this house. And for some reason, I don't know why, we had to keep this lab um, in our garage because I don't think there was a fence in the backyard yet. And so there was a long time this, this dog lived in our garage while the house was being built and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, it was my job to take care of the dog. It was my job to go clean up the messes the dog made in the garage and all that kind of stuff. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, taking care of dogs? And it's just it's the greatest thing ever. Those are balloons popping downstairs. It's okay. Nobody's shooting. Um, <clears throat> and so... Uh, being 12, being 13, being 14, and having to take care of this dog in my garage, I just got frustrated all the time. I, I would be mad at the dog. I'd get mad when I'd come home, and there was like a mess in the garage. A dog had peed somewhere. There was a pile of something I had to clean up, and I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. And so I was 12, I was 13, I was 14. I, the dog annoyed me, but <laughs> because the dog was being a dog. I mean, I was young and immature. And uh, I would get angry at this dog, but I noticed something in my life. I would watch a movie that had, like, a dog in the movie and say the dog gave his life, or, you know, you know those dog movies where, like, the dog is, like, the hero and, like, it saves its owner and, and he takes care of somebody or goes and fights a bear. Do you, do you not know these kind of movies? I'm not trying to make you sad. I'm just, I'm telling you what happened in my life. So I'd watch these movies, and I would be moved by the dogs in these movies, and then I would go to the garage and I would have a change of heart about this dog. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. This is, this is honest to God truth. And I would get down, and I would look in this brown lab's face and be like, I'm sorry. I love you so much. I'm so sorry I've been mean to you. I'm so sorry I didn't love you the way that I should. I'm telling you this story because I think a lot of us treat our relationship with the Lord this way. Where a lot of us, uh, you know, when you first, is anybody here in a relationship? Actually, that's a good question. Anybody relationships here? Okay, so you have, you have an idea of what I'm talking about. You know, like when you get into a relationship, at first you're like, you're crazy about the person, you love them. But as the longer time goes on, you know, some things about them start to bother you. They make some messes somewhere that you got to clean up. You get frustrated. You begin to take them for granted a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? And you kind of, we were singing about it, you lose that first love a little bit. And then something happens inside of you, and you run back to that person. You're like, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful. You know, I, I'm sorry I treated you this way. I'm sorry I, I had these feelings, or I'm sorry I thought this. And you run back to them. And a lot of us treat our relationship with the Lord the same way, where we had these hot and cold seasons. We had these hot and cold spells where we're so on fire for God. We're so passionate for God. We love him so much. We can't wait to be in his presence. And then something happens. We get busy with life, and we kind of cool off a little bit. And then something terrible happens, and we run back to the Lord, and we need him again. We need him in our life. And suddenly we're hot for the Lord again, and we, we can't wait to be in his presence. And this, this psalm 
is a, a psalm about a relationship with the Lord and what the Lord desires relationship with him to look like. So we're going to work out all that to say. We're going to work our way through this psalm. And I want you to see, and I feel like the purpose of this today is the Lord wants to remind some of us, and maybe you've never read this psalm before, or maybe you don't know this for yourself, but the Lord wants to tell you today the kind of relationship that he desires to have with you. The kind of role that he wants to play in your life. The kind of God that he wants to be to you. Amen? So Psalm chapter 91 is where we're going to start now. Um, psalm 91, they're actually not sure who wrote this psalm. Some people think it was David. Some people think it was Moses. And so they don't know who wrote it, but we're going to pick up here. And it starts off in verse 1. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Well, we're going to stop there for a minute. And we're going to make a few points out of these first few verses, and then we're going to begin to move through the rest and just see what the relationship looks like. There's a few things in here that I think are important that we take stop and we take stock of, and we look at these together, okay? So the first thing here says, those who live, everybody say live. Okay, now if you're looking in the New King James, it says those who dwell, and that word dwell or that word live, here's the thing, it's talking about, a, it's a continual word. It's not those who live. It's not those who came and sat there for a day and then left. It's not those who dwelt there past tense. This word, when the psalmist wrote it, whoever wrote this, they said those who dwell are those who live. It's a continual word. And the idea is he's talking about those who make their home. My house is number 85, 1880 Columbia Valley Road. That's my home. That's where I live. That's where I dwell. He's talking about those who live and dwell. They say, this is my house. It's not a one-stop shop. It's not a, it's not a holiday inn. It's not a Motel 6. It is where you live. And that's what we're talking about. He's talking about the kind of relationship that he wants to have with people. And what he's talking about is he desires people that live in his presence. Are you with me? People that live in his presence. And this psalm goes on. From here down, it begins to talk about what you can expect. And this, listen, this is some good news because this psalm talks about what you can expect when you live a life in the presence of God. Okay? Have you ever wondered what that looks like? Have you ever wondered what, you, what comes into your life when you live in God's presence? Well, if you have, we're about to look at it together here. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Now, I love actually the New King James uses the phrase, the secret place. Those who live in the secret place. Psalm 27.5, let's put that on the screen, Jaden. says, where'd it go? Wait. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me, and he shall set me high upon a rock. Psalm 31.20 says this. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. From the plots of men you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, he said this. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in. There's a secret place 
There's a secret place where God desires to meet with you. There's a secret place where you are called to live your life. And here's the great thing about a secret place. Because God's not like Jacob, where I don't have to schedule an appointment with him and show up at a Starbucks and pick a location and pick a time, and the two of us will show up and be there. God is everywhere at all times. And so your secret place, listen, my secret place right now could be I'm going to walk over here to this corner and hide my head in my shirt and begin to have secret time and secret place of the Lord and do this. God, I just forget about everybody here right now and I spend time in your presence. Father, I thank you that you are so good and that you love me so much. Father, I thank you that your eyes and your heart are turned towards me. Guess what? I didn't think about any of you one time when I was praying just now. Because I was in the secret place with the Lord. God desires us to live in the secret place with him. God desires us to live a life where we pull away and spend time in his presence alone. You can have that secret place in your car. You can have that secret place. Jesus talks about going into your closet and closing the door behind you. And when you're in your secret place with the Lord, begin to cry out and spend time with him. You got a secret place in your life? Does anybody have a secret place to meet with the Lord at? I'll tell you the truth. My secret place is my hot tub. It's for real. It's for real. I, I, I will go sit in my hot tub for hours. Not right now because it's not set up because we just moved into our house. But when it's set up, I will begin again to go sit in the secret place with the Lord and just sit in his presence and talk to him and listen to him. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. What do you find in the secret place? We just said you'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You will find rest in the secret place. When you call out to the Lord and when you go spend time in his presence, what you find there is rest. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you more jobs to do. I'll give you lots of stress. I will get, I'll tell you all the things that you missed and you forgot to take care of. I'll give you a list longer than your spouse could ever dream of. Listen, my wife has long lists. The Lord wants us to live a life where we are continually dwelling in his presence, where we pull away to the secret place where it's just you and him and you lay everything aside. He wants us to dwell there. He wants us to make it our home. And he says, if you will do this, if you will pull aside and come live in this space, guess what you will receive there? You're not going to receive hardship. You're not going to receive trouble. You're not going to receive strife. You will find rest in the presence of the Lord. And let me tell you this, if in your life you are not experiencing rest, if in your life you are feeling anxiety and you are full of stress and you are overwhelmed, guess what? You're probably not living in the presence of the Lord like you should be. You might stop in every once and again like a family member you don't love to visit, so you swing by on the way to something else. You pop in, you do the pop in, pop in, you pop out. Hey, I just wanted to come say hi. Just want to tell you what I need. I got to go now. I got something more pressing to do. But the Lord desires us to come 
and park our car there and get out and chuck the keys and say, I'm never leaving this place again. I don't need this car anymore. I'm not leaving here again. You know what? Forward all my mail here because this is where I live now. You will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I was thinking about this as I was reading these verses. Here's, here's an important note. You know, the Lord, is a, the Lord is the Lord. He is not a mountain. He's not something that is fixed. So when it talks about you finding rest in the shadow of the Almighty, the Lord will move. And it's important for us to move with the Lord. Because when the Lord begins to move, if you say, no, nah, I'm good, I'm going to stay here, what happens? He'll move on, and you're stuck out in the open. And suddenly, the rest you experience in the shadow of the Almighty, there's no more shadow there. You're suddenly baking out in the sun. Not bacon, B-A-C-O-N, bacon, B-A-K-I-N. You're baking in the sun because the shadow has left you. When the Lord moves, you've got to, it's talking about living in his shadow. That means that your ears and your eyes have to be tuned to what he's saying, to where he's going. You have to be paying attention because as he moves, you need to move with him because there is the rest in his shadow. And if you stay behind, if you get left behind, if you choose to park your car there and say, I'm not going any farther, you'll be left behind out in the sun but you need to be following along with wherever the Lord is leading and guiding you. Stay in his shadow. Stay in his presence. Move when he moves. Go where he goes. Do what he do. Do's. Do what he does. Do what he does. There you go. That's what we're calling today's message. Do what he does. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety, he is my God, and I trust him. These two, these two verses, out of these two verses, the, you see this author talking about the Lord, and he says, um, he calls the Lord the Most High. He calls him the Almighty. He calls him the Lord, and he says, he is my God. Whoever is writing this, whether it's David or whether it's Moses, he is writing this from a place of, this is my God. I worship this person. This, this is coming from a place of deep relationship. You use these terms for somebody that you revere, somebody that you stand in awe of, somebody that you listen to, somebody that you are submitted to. This author, whoever wrote this, is, is setting the framework for this psalm saying, this is what these relationships with the Lord are supposed to look like. When you talk to the Lord, he is your God. He is the Almighty. He is the Lord. What else is it? He is um, the Most High. Listen, if you remind yourself that God is the Most High, you might not take him so casually. If you remind yourself that there is no God like God, that he is the name above all names, that he is the king of kings, you might not be so chill in your relationship with him. Let's keep going. So he says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Wow. I trust him. That word trust is the Hebrew word bata, and it means this, literally, to rest on with all your weight. That's a lot of trust. When you put all your weight on something, that's a lot of trust. Uh, me and Josiah hung that TV back there. See that TV? Every turn around, object lesson. See that TV hanging on the wall back there? <laughs> we had to talk to Mike a few times about this. TV, it's, it's a 65-inch TV. It doesn't look big, but if you go walk up too close to it, you'd be like, oh, it's a, that's a decent-sized TV. It probably weighs a lot. When me and Josiah hung this TV on the wall, has anybody hung a TV before? Or have you ever built anything that you had to walk on? Yeah. There's always that first few moments, like when you're hanging a TV, when we hung the TV, we put our hand, we, we like, there's a mount on the back of it, but you got to like brace it and all kind of stuff. So we, we put it on the wall, and then like, you let go, but like your hands are still here because <laughs> you're not sure if it's gonna if it's gonna hang on, if it's not gonna hold the weight. And you like when you now Mike Mike built our stage for us and did an amazing job. And we don't have to worry about falling here. But like if I built something, if I built a stage, I would be walking on the stage. Like my first step would be like I'd have one foot here. I'd have something to hold on to because I'd be sure that this would not hold my weight. I'm not a good craftsman, guys. And so I would be like, ooh, and then you put your weight on it, one leg at a time, and you finally put all your weight on it. When he's talking here, when the author is talking here, he's talking about trusting God in such a way that you put all your weight on him. When you put all your weight on something, that is when you fully and completely trust it. When you fully say, listen, the author is talking here, he is, um, I love this, he alone he alone is my refuge. He alone is my safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Basically, what he's saying is, there is nothing else that I put my hope and my trust in. He alone. This is it. This is it. If God fails, it's a done deal. Because I don't have plan B. I don't have plan C.2, addendum 4. The Lord is my refuge. He is my, what I'm trusting. That's it. I'm putting my full weight into God. I'm not saying I'm going to trust the Lord. But at the, at the same time, I'm working back here on my own plans. I'm trusting the God who is the Lord of all lords and the King of all kings. Okay, great. Says this, I will trust him. Verse 3, he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Now, these are the things, we're getting into this now, and these are the things when you live in the secret place, when you dwell in the, in the shadow of the Almighty, when you're resting under his wings, these are the things that come into your life. This is what the Lord does to you. This is what he does for you. This is important to know because as you grow up and as you get married and as you have your own kids, and you're going to have to begin to pray these scriptures over them. You're going to have to know what the Lord says to you in your life about you and your kids and your family and what promises you can stand on. Listen, guys, we're almost out of time, but beyond that, we are living in perilous days where life is just going to get harder and harder. And that means you're going to have to choose between trusting the Lord or trusting something else. Something else will always let you down. 
but the Lord won't. And so you have to know deep down inside what the word of God says, what you can say, yeah, but Lord, you said this. They're saying that over here. They're saying the sky is falling and we're all going to die. But you're saying this. They're saying there's a massive plague coming that's going to wipe us all out. But actually, Lord, you said you will rescue me from every trap and protect me from deadly disease. And if you don't know that, you can't stand on that truth. So you've got to know what the Lord says to you. When he says, you're in relationship with me, when you come and hang out under my wings, when you live in the shadow of my being and my dwelling, guess what? Guess what comes? Force field. Force field on. Remember when you were like kids and you used to play games with your friends? You're like, you can't, you can't attack me because I have a force field on. Do you know what I'm talking about? Force field on. And then, you, then your friend would like run away and be like, force field off. <laughs> and then come back, force field on. You can't touch me. You can't touch me. My force field's on. When you live in the shadow of the Almighty, he will rescue you from every trap and will protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises or truth are your armor and your protection. Listen, the New King James says they will be his shield and your buckler. Here's the great thing, because we don't use the word buckler anymore, really. That's a weird word, buckler. Shield is your shield. Your buckler, it means this. A buckler, it actually, like in the King James, is like the word bulwark, and it means like a rampart or a refuge or a tower. It can also mean like a coat of mail. Basically, the Lord is saying you will have two levels of protection because you'll have your shield and you'll have your buckler. I'm not just giving you one line of defense. Under my wings, under my dwelling, in my presence, I've got two lines of defense. And they're going to keep you safe no matter what comes near you. So come live under my presence. Come live under my wings and watch and see what I will do for you. I mean, I was excited about that. Not one, but two times a defense. It says, don't be afraid of the terrorists. Now, now, look at this. We're almost done, guys. Hang on. But look at this. Don't be afraid of the terrors of night, of the air that flies in the day. Don't dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, and though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils not touch you. Well, come on now. Come on now. These evils will not touch you. This is what the Lord does. This is what living and dwelling in the secret place, this is what happens in your life. These evils, and listen, as the writer is listing these things off, I don't know if you notice this, but he kind of like encompasses basically everything. Nighttime, daytime, errors, terrors, uh, whatever, anything you could think of. He's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry when it's going to come. Don't worry what it looks like because when you live in my presence, none of these evils will take over you. You'll be safe. You'll be protected in my presence. What is the key here? It's under his wings. 
live in his presence. We can't be believers who live outside of his presence. Well, the Lord's presence goes with me everywhere. Okay. You need to get into the presence of God. Read his word. Hide it in your heart. Spend time under the shelter of his wings. Listen, when it said here, I don't know if you notice this or not, it says, he'll rescue you from every trap. Rescue comes when you've been trapped. Jesus himself said, in this world, you'll have trouble. But the Lord is saying, you may find yourself in a problem. You may find yourself stuck somewhere, but I'm going to come and rescue you from that. I will protect you. I will keep you safe. You may step into something you shouldn't step into, but I'm going to come along and pull you up out of there. and We'll get out of this together. Let's keep going. We're almost done. He says in verse 8, just open your eyes. And see how the wicked are punished. That's a, you're like, well, that's a weird verse. What he's doing is contrasting what happens when you live in his presence versus those who don't live in his presence. Those who live in his presence are protected and safe, healthy and whole. No disease will come near them. No evil will conquer them. But those who are not living in his presence, he says, look and see how the wicked are punished. Lord Jesus, do not let that be us. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels, come on now, he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. He will order his angels to protect you. Wherever. Isn't it great that you've got a God who loves you and cares about you so much that he says to his angels, you know what, I just want you to go out and I want you to go and make sure that Jordan is safe. Wherever he goes, you walk around with Jordan. You make sure that he is safe and protected. We don't go and worship angels. They work for the Lord. We give the Lord thanks. We give the Lord praise. We give the Lord honor. But he said, I want you to go take care of my people. So I'm going to tell my people, go take care of my other people. The Lord's got a lot of people. He will order his angels. He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Say wherever. Say wherever. What does wherever mean? Where, where is wherever? Oh, yeah. Oh, good one. Everywhere. Wherever is ever. See what she did there? Reversed it. Wherever is everywhere. Okay. Okay. Man, that's good. The Lord loves you, Dylan, and cares about you so much, and he thinks about you so much, and he says, listen, Dylan lives in my shadow. Dylan draws rest and safety under the shadow of my wings. So angels, I want you to go and protect Dylan wherever he goes, whether it be Australia, whether it be New Zealand, whether it be Timbuktu, I want you to go and follow him around and keep him safe. Take care of him. Make sure nothing bad happens to him. Put a hedge of protection around him. Man, that's good news. The Lord is looking out for you. He says, they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Verse 14 says this. Now this is the Lord talking. It says, the Lord says. The Lord says. 
You want to know what the Lord says? We're about to read what the Lord says. The Lord says, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm saying to you. So when you read this, the Lord is talking to you. This is what he's saying to Nadia. This is what he's saying to to anybody in this place today. This is what God is saying. The Lord says, and you can say, well, if he says it, he's saying it to me. So I'm going to read this. And he says, the Lord says to Jake, praise the Lord. I'm so glad he's talking to me. The Lord says to Jake, I will rescue those who love me. Harry's happy about that. I'm happy about it. Anybody else happy that the Lord's going to rescue those that love him and that care about him and that spend time in his presence? You know, last week we talked about being thankful. These are the kind of things that we should be thankful for. Right? Thankful that God is rescuing those that love him. Thankful that God is sending his angels to keep watch over us so that we don't even dash our foot against a stone. Thank you, Jesus, because I'd make a mess on my own. But God, I'm so thankful that you take care of me that when even I don't even know what I'm doing, you're out there behind the scenes working on it. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, when they call, when you call on the Lord, anybody in this place call on the Lord? Like for real? When they call on me, God says, I'm going to send them to voicemail because I don't like being called. Send me a text message. Don't call me. That's not what the Lord says. He says, when they call on me, I will answer. You, anybody here have that person that like every time you call them, you never get a hold of them? Like, you Where's my mother-in-law at? She's not in here, is she? I love my mother-in-law. But my mother-in-law is one of those people. I don't would say this if she was in here. I thought she wasn't here. But listen, almost every time I call my mother-in-law, I cannot get a hold of her. Ever. She'll, like, call me, and I will call her back seconds later. And she doesn't answer the phone. Cameron knows what I'm talking about, right? Am I right, Cam? It's just the way she's, I don't know what happens. She always misses the call somehow. But here's the good news. The Lord ain't like my mother-in-law. The Lord ain't like your neighbor. The Lord ain't like anybody that you call that don't answer your call. The Lord says, when you call on me, I will answer you. When you're stuck and when you're in trouble and you need somebody, who are you going to call? You call him because he will answer you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue one of them. I will reward them with long life and give them salvation. This is what the Lord is talking about, the kind of relationship that you can expect to have with him when you live in his presence, when you are under the shadow of his wings. Now I want to tell you something else. I just think this is pretty cool. But this word here, salvation, it means deliverance, it means help, it means victory, it means prosperity. The primary meaning is to rescue from distress or anger. And it's used to signal help given by another person. You may notice what that word is at the front. That word is pronounced Yeshua. I don't know if you know this or not, maybe you're not putting the pieces together. But Jesus' name, one of his pronunciations was Yeshua. 
So he says here, I will give them salvation. I will give them Yeshua. Yeshua means help given by another person. When you're stuck and when you're in trouble and when you need somebody, I'm going to give you Yeshua. I'm going to give you salvation. And guess who Jesus gave us? Guess who God gave us? He gave us Yeshua. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.